0: Hey, TYFTS listeners, it's Rosalina, and we are in the second to last episode of season two. Thank you for writing this journey with us and supporting our podcast. We need your feedback. Please take five minutes every day to complete our end of season two survey. Your feedback is important and will allow us to improve future podcast episodes for our listeners like yourselves. The survey link is bit.ly slash survey. We'll also include the survey link in our show notes. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to season two. This is Shauna. And this is Rosalina. And we're your hosts for Too Young For This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but a journey with cancer. We are young millennials, open about giving you a raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought or have loved someone with cancer. Hi everyone, this is Rosalina.
1: this is Shauna. Welcome back to the Too Young for the Shit podcast.
0: I can't believe it's been six months since we finished radiation.
1: Yeah, that is actually kind of wild. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. This past week was my six-month mark.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
1: It's kind of crazy just like even just remembering how like burnt my skin was, you know? Right. Just like having to like slather my arms and... aloe and calendula cream and aquaphor. And I mean, my caffeine, I mean, just like the 90 creams that I had to like mix onto my skin and then like Mm -hmm. wrap myself up with six months ago to now I'm just, you know, using like a regular moisturizer. But same yeah, it seems like last week.
0: (laughs) Right. But then now we've been waiting for this moment of our exchange surgery since we had to wait six months from radiation.
1: So I think from the time that I got my expanders to the time I'll have my implants is about 15 16 months and 16 months of like just waiting to close the door kind of on this chapter of I always had it in my head of being you know it was I needed to have my double mastectomy and then I ended up having an unexpected surgery and then having mm-hmm. chemo and radiation and then like this is like the last check mark on the box of being not done you're never done with this chapter but just like finally complete like, be completed is yeah. just like super exciting.
0: Right. Let's just give the listeners just a quick recap of what type of mastectomy surgery we had 14 to 15 months ago.
1: Yeah. I had my double mastectomy March 2nd, um, 2021. I had expanders placed once they removed my breast tissue. They ended up taking more skin on my cancer side than they originally thought. I ended up having two different sized expanders. So on my non-cancer side, I had a 400 CC expander and on my cancer side, I had a 300 CC. I knew even before I had positive lymph nodes that I was going to have to like have expanders placed because we need to stretch skin for an implant. I knew kind of from the jump that I wouldn't have ever qualified for deep flap surgery. And it seemed very like invasive to me at the time that I didn't even consider it really. Once the positive lymph nodes for my double mastectomy came back that I had cancer in them. I had already was planned to do chemo, but it added radiation onto my treatment plan, which right. was a blow because I really wanted to have my reconstruction and just like be done. And obviously- when you have radiation like a radi- you know radiated skin most plastic surgeons won't operate on you until after 6 months yep. they want your skin to heal because that side can be more difficult to place an implant yep. yeah that added you know an extra 6 months onto my reconstruction plan which was you know a blow but you know it was what it was
0: right and during that time when they placed the expander it was under the muscle for you right
1: yes it was funny and you know in my first initial plastic surgeon visit We didn't even discuss like over the muscle, under the muscle. It was just we're going to place expanders. You're going to have to stretch your skin to get an implant in there. And I didn't even know to ask about, you know, whether it was going to be over or under. Yeah. And when Mm -hmm. I woke up, I did ask. They had to place the expanders under the muscle because my skin was too thin. They had to take so much, especially like my right side, which was the breast that had my tumor in it. So unfortunately, it had to go under the muscle. It wasn't until I think after. I had already had them placed, you know, I started to really kind of consider if I would want to do over the muscle. But my plastic surgeon just kind of told me it really wasn't an option for me at this time. Wow. Yeah. What was your reconstruction plan? You obviously did a different surgery than I did.
0: Yes. So I had a single mastectomy. Both Shauna and I had non nipple sparing. So we didn't have we had to remove our nipple. Right.
1: But you knew that from the beginning. That wasn't
0: I mean, it was like, I think maybe three weeks before my surgery where my breast surgeon basically said, from looking at the imaging, the tumor looks close to your nipple and I would advise to remove it. And so that's when we decided, let's just do it. But yeah, I mean, about like three weeks (laughs) before my actual surgery. So I had my surgery April 8th of 2021 And I was able to choose whether to do over the muscle or under the muscle. The one thing that my plastic surgeon did say, because I had cancer on my skin that breast surgeon had to remove, that was her only concern as to, okay, we'll plan to do over the muscle because that's what you asked for. But in the case that if the skin is like too tight and we're not able to do it, we'll place it under the muscle. But luckily, even removing that small piece of skin on top of my breast, we were still able to do over the muscle, which is what I preferred. Before we get into our conversations and our plans pre-op with our plastic surgeons, I first want to ask, you Shauna this question were you fully informed about all of your options
1: I wasn't I think I only really knew of two options and that was expanders which would then I would get an implant and then there was the deep flap surgery I didn't know that there was like other different types yeah. of flap surgeries at the time my initial visit with the plastic surgeon, you know, I did say like, I would, if I can maybe go up a size, get that out of this entire experience. Like that's like, you know, something I would, I would like to do. I don't want to be any smaller than I was. I would like to be bigger if I can. She heard me, but then obviously when she had gone in to place the expanders and had to place a smaller expander, I think that that kind of derailed the original plan that she had for me of maybe possibly being able to go up a size. I started getting fills about two weeks after my double mastectomy. That was my first fill. And she had said that we were only going to do two fills and then we would stop because I would have to do chemo and radiation. And then once I was finished with the radiation, we would resume the fills to stretch the skin even more. Once, you know, I was recovering from surgery and was like trying to figure out like what do I do now about these Two different size expanders, she said, you know, let's get you through treatment and then we can always go back in and like replace the expander and give you a bigger expander. So, in my head, I think that that's what I always thought was going to happen. And during chemo, I was filled evenly in both expanders, but because I had one that was bigger than the other, one looked fuller and one looked like kind of deflated. So I I spent like yeah. whole, you know, the summer of 2021 into the fall of 2021, like just kind of with like two different size boobs, <laughs> boobs, I don't you know, reconstructed mm-hmm. boobs, you know, then I started radiation and I finished radiation November 31st, 2021. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they had said, you know, give your skin like a good solid month to heal before you head back to the plastic surgeon you can, you know, resume your fills as soon as like your skin heals a little bit better. So I think it was after the holidays. I think it was the first week of January. I went like kind of basically like running into my plastic surgeons, like office <laughs> at that and being like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Like, let's get the show on the road. You no, know, I knew from the jump that I was going to have to wait six months before she would operate on me. So from there, we just started to do the fills again. She overexpanded my radiated side, which was my 300cc expander. She only filled that one time post radiation. So I was so Mm -hmm. lopsided, like my skin was like tight and like the expander was overexpanded. So I had like one really rock hard breast that was basically like up into my chin And then I had like a saggy, not expanded breast on the other side. When we were going through the fills, you know, I had said like, do I need to have another surgery to have the same size expanders put in or get different expanders put in? Like, how do we get this to work? And my plastic surgeon had said she could go in and basically extend the pocket in my radiated side. So basically, make a bigger pocket to fit a 400cc size implant into yeah. my radiated side. Or my other option was to do a flap from my back.
0: Yep. Yeah, a lot. Like a LAT, right? A lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. yep. And that would give us more skin to work with and I could do a bigger implant. But she did say that I would need another drain. And the second she said drain, I was like, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, especially after, yeah. you know, after my second surgery for the lymph node removal. Like I had a drain again for that surgery and have plans coming up in June that I like, can't take more time off from work. And I just was like, let me just have her extend the pocket, get two size, let me just have like two of the same size breasts for now, implants for now. And then down the line, if I want to have a revision, we'll go from there that is my plan. Yeah. Have my plastic surgeon go in, extend the pocket. When I had gone in for uh, my pre-op, it was at May 10th and we discussed like some options. So my plastic surgeon only works with Sientra implants, which I was fine with. I originally thought it was going to be mentor. I don't know if I just went in so like ready to like, schedule surgery and whatever that I just heard everything wrong I felt like I did Mm -hmm. that when I went in for the pre-op I felt like I was in a different doctor's office there were so many things that caught me off guard but I think because I just was so eager to like get it scheduled that I didn't didn't ask the right questions or I think I just I think I was just honestly just like too amped up that I just was like it's gonna be fine let me just schedule it and we'll figure it out
0: did you look up questions to ask online or did you just like Go in to the doctor's office and just ask your questions there when the conversations came up.
1: When it came to um like implant size projection, I had done research on my own. And then I'm in a breast reconstruction group on Facebook that's been like kind of a godsend. It's like people that are showing their results and like their CC sizes and their body frames. I was kind of getting like a picture of like what this might look like in my chest based off of other people's results. Like I was looking for women that had expander sizes between 300 and 400 CC that, you know, in the same weight and height and like build as me um, and what their projection types were. Oh,
0: that's really good information. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, and I went in and I asked and I kind of said, like, this is what we're looking to do. And, you know, kind of like a little bit about like my expander size. And so that kind of gave me like a little bit of like a a really good sense of like what I wanted them to look like and what I didn't want. them
0: Yeah. To look you like. you showed them pictures. Right? Oh, yeah. I
1: went in with all these pictures of these women like screenshotted on my phone. of Like, this is what I want this to look yeah. like my plastic surgeon is a female she's young she's probably only a couple years older than i am and i think she kind of just like understood like from a from a female perspective of you know if this was me how would i want my own breasts to look i think she just mm-hmm. understands as far as what i what it is that i'm looking for another thing that we discussed which like i don't know what i'm more excited for implants or this but um i'm going to have a scar revision they're going to fix the scar, my port scar. Because when I got my port taken out in October of 2021, my body has a hard time dissolving sutures and I still had a stitch like that's not dissolved from op- back in October. And it just like has made my port scar like not heal correctly and it just looks like angry and ugly and I'm actually like more self-conscious about that scar than I am yeah, about like yeah. the lopsided mm-hmm. breasts. To be fully honest with you. Like,
0: it's this up higher on your body? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So, that was another thing we discussed that she's going to do during my exchange surgery.
0: Did you not feel like you were educated enough or she didn't educate you on all of your options?
1: I think I kind of went into it being like, I trust her, you know? So, I trust yeah, her to yeah. give mm-hmm. me all of the reconstruction options that are going to work for me. Right. I don't think that she realized how much was going to have to be taken from. The, the side that I had mass in. It wasn't until she yep. got in there that she realized the situation because it was bigger than it showed up on an MRI.
0: The tumor itself.
1: Yes. They measured it at five centimeters and it was mm-hmm. really six. You know, maybe she had the correct information, like from the jump, I think she would have presented me those options. And I knew, I think from the beginning, that I wanted implants. I wanted like an easy, simple, especially after hearing like, how extensive like the deep flap surgery is, and the recovery, and like, yes, how long it takes, and the brute, like it just, yes, I didn't, especially, and you're going through like a whirlwind, especially in the beginning of making all these really big decisions on your surgeries and treatment plans and doctors, right. and um, you know, and then you're like your initial shock and like in your your own emotions, and it's just like it's a lot, it's just a lot to process all in the beginning. And I think, um, adding the surgery like that on top of like, what, like I, I couldn't wrap my head around doing something like that.
0: Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree because, um, the other thing that my plastic surgeon mentioned to me is that once you do, for example, a deep flap, you can't do it again. Like that's one time only, but you can do that type of surgery. So that's something to really consider as well.
1: My surgery is May 31st, uh, so the day after Memorial Day. And I'm actually really, like, looking forward to it. I feel, like, just, like, ready and, like, excited for it.
0: I know. You're so pumped. I
1: am. I don't know why I'm this person.
0: There's no shame. Like, there's so many women out there that are so pumped for the reconstruction. I feel like it just gives them life. It gives them some sort of normalcy, I think, in the sense that, like, after you complete that surgery, then there's nothing else really like pending for a while, I guess. It's closure for me. Exactly.
1: You had like a totally different experience from me because you didn't do a double. Yeah. You did a single. So your reconstruction options are different. Yes. Did you know that you wanted to do a single from the, the jump? Like, did you know? Because I, I walked in being like, I don't even want to talk about when we doing the single. Yeah. I, do
0: I thought if doing a double was unnecessary, then I would rather just do a single mastectomy. That's just what I like initially what I was thinking of, because, you know, if there was any cancer in the second breast, in the beginning of my journey, from what I was hearing that Like having cancer in the second breast is low risk. Like you're at a higher risk of having a recurrence in the same breast than, you know, in the opposite breast. So that's why I chose the route to do a single mastectomy. Once I met with my breast surgeon just for a follow-up after radiation. So it was like a, a month after my mammogram, we had the conversation that, for example, I'm 29 now, but she just used the example as if like when I'm 30, the risk of getting secondary cancer on the other side of the breast is 4% right now. When I'm 80, the risk could be high as 20%. And so when I heard that information, I freaked out for sure. I freaked out because in the beginning of my journey that there wouldn't be be much of like a high risk. The mentality and the way that I'm thinking about things now is that like, well, in the future, I need to do something about it if I want to prevent a secondary cancer from happening. That was some news for me. And during my journey with my plastic surgeon and all the appointments and meeting her I think I met with my plastic surgeon like five or six times, (laughs) to be honest, just so the listeners know, my surgery is on Monday, June 6th, but kind of going back to why I met with my plastic surgeon like five or six times. So just like Shauna, in my first appointment with Dr. Slack, my plastic surgeon, who also did my tissue expander I trusted her and I thought every information that she was telling me, she was choosing the right reconstruction plan for me. My first meeting with my plastic surgeon, we talked about the different flap surgeries. We talked about pap, tug, which is fat from tissue, I should say, from your thighs. We also talked about lap flap as well. That was the route that she wanted to take because. Once your breast is radiated, there is a higher risk, like a 60% risk, from what she told me, to have capsular contracture. That could happen at any moment within the 10 years that I have an implant. And that could also happen when you have a tissue expander as well. So, any foreign object, a capsular contracture could happen. So, she really wanted to go towards the flap route because it removes that risk. And, you know, I don't have to have multiple surgeries within my lifetime, right? But as what Shauna was mentioning, I didn't want to go for that route. I think it was just an invasive surgery. I didn't want any additional scars. I wanted to choose implants because it was less invasive, in my opinion. And also the recovery period is much smoother, I think, and quicker than just um, having a flap surgery. Yeah. So basically we talked about that. We talked about saline versus silicone. So I was leaning more towards saline because I wanted to be careful of any rupture that happens inside my body. And it's easier to Detect because once saline ruptures, it leaks out um, from the shell, and it just absorbs in your body. So you can easily tell when you don't have a boob anymore on that side. When, yeah. versus like a silicone. You're deflated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're deflated, right? But with the silicone, you know, it's difficult to detect. But with the FDA, um, they recommend you know every patient who has implant in their body, whether it's breast reconstruction or breast augmentation, um, recommended to do an MRI or an ultrasound actually to check any leakage. And I think it's like three years after having the implant place. When we talked about saline, she did not recommend going that route because the rippling and she was more focused on the aesthetics we would have to do fat grafting just to inject more fat injecting that into my breast so it could form a thicker skin fill in the yep. ripples we also talked about the type of implant so i was asking her like i was leaning more towards saline but even if i chose saline or silicone like what type of implant were you recommending in terms of shape? And so she was recommending the round shape in terms of like my body shape. It, it just wouldn't project it so much where the teardrop shape had like more volume and more projection. And I didn't want that. I wanted something more natural fitting for me. She was also letting me know about the five different sizes of projection. So there's low. Low plus, moderate, full, and, and extra full. So that was really nice, I think, for her to mention that because then she was giving me the option of if you're not happy with how your expander looks right now, we could, you know, project it more, um, just give it more shape. I didn't want it to be like so huge. <laughs> you know, I, I loved the way that my breast looked before cancer. And I wanted to keep it that way. So I basically was just saying, can you just mimic the right side? Because like, you know, I that's the healthy side and you can just match it to that same exact way.
1: Right, you want to get yeah, back to that.
0: exactly. We've also talked about symmetry. Symmetry, now, you know, I had a single mastectomy. And so with an implant, it's harder to get, the reconstructive side to match the other side of the breast but with the flap it's easier for her to match the symmetry however because i did not again wanted to do flap she was recommending for me to do a breast augmentation on the right side so adding in a small implant on the right side and at first you know i said okay that's fine whatever i just want to do one surgery and that's it. But because in the beginning of what I mentioned that when I, when I met with Dr. Baker, So I met with Dr. Baker after meeting Dr. Slack in the beginning of this year. She was telling me about the secondary cancer. I just said, okay, now I'm kind of confused. I really did reconsider, you know, removing the breast tissue on the right side. And even my boyfriend, after I told him about the secondary cancer, he was pretty concerned. And he was basically just telling me like, like your left breast try to kill you. Um... Don't you want to remove that risk at all costs? And we kind of determined, you know, for me, I, I have an attachment to my right breast. And I know like <laughs> facts versus emotions, like I shouldn't compare both of them. But, you know, this is my life and this is my choice. And for right now, I don't want to remove the right breast. I feel like I went through so much traumatically that if I were to move, remove the right breast, I feel maybe like out of place. I'm just not mentally prepared to do that.
1: Honestly, like that's your sense of control in a situation. Like, you know, we didn't have control over having cancer at 28 and 32. Like you just went through having to reconstruct your left side and like knowing what that entailed, basically going over and restarting that all over again on your right side just sounds like that's not something I would want to do either. You know, like I I like, you know, coming from like a like a mental standpoint of like, we're starting over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I'd want to do that either. And I think part of me is why I went the route that I did, because I just was like, I just knew I just like know myself, and I just know after going through it all, it would be like traumatizing to do the other side, yep, yeah.
0: The other thing, you know, i I think about the future a lot. and you know, I was talking to my plastic surgeon, and we were having a conversation of like, you know, in the future, like five or ten years from now, like if I decide to do a flap surgery, then that could be the opportunity that I do it for both sides of my breast. Right. You know, as I mentioned before, you can only do a flap surgery once. So I'd rather do it right. at the time <laughs> that I could re- reconstruct both breasts if I decide to do that.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, I, as I mentioned, like I met with my plastic surgeon like five or, or six times and. And this happened to me in the beginning of my journey too with the tissue expander. I sometimes have to like hear the information over and over again. And especially with like new terminologies, also making sure that I'm okay with what she's suggesting as well. After meeting with Dr. Baker, that's when like all hell broke loose, (laughs) essentially. And I had like a really hard time, like not really trusting her because that wasn't the case, but like I needed to trust myself that I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what surgery we're going to do. I knew exactly um, like every option that I had. Like I even... I was asking her about like a hybrid reconstruction, which is basically like you two half flap and half implant. And I was like, okay, well, you didn't tell me about this. So <laughs> can you do this?
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, I, I read it online. Totally read it online. My plastic surgeon is, is essentially giving me the information that she thinks would be best aesthetically for me. But I needed to know that it would be okay health-wise for me in the next 10 years. When she first mentioned, oh, I'm going to use allergen implants, and she gave me the pamphlet that I needed to sign, and I needed to read, and I needed to um, know all my risk. One of the things that were on there was that the implants are manufactured, contain heavy metals, like some of the implants contain heavy metals. Because of that, I freaked out and I did extensive research. <laughs> I looked into every manufacturer's website, their brochures, I read their like scientific fine print. I looked at their graphs. I looked at their table that mentioned the heavy metals. I even asked my naturopathic doctor, "Is this safe?" Essentially, I chose Cientra, the implant. And I just really loved their brochures. I felt like more informative, and I felt that they were showcasing more information then per se mentor or allergen. I felt like for those two sites, I had to like really surf the web to get a, more information that I got from Cientra. The other thing that, you know, I read and maybe this is for like breast augmentation because they don't really say what they got their, their numbers from or like who, but basically from what I read online is that Their implants showcase that they had low percentage of capsular contracture, low percentage of rupture rate. Supposedly, Mentor has the highest. The other thing, Sientra basically only um, provides their implants to certified board plastic surgeons.
1: So how are you you feeling now leading up to your surgery?
0: over the past i would say like 3 weeks i was definitely overwhelmed, distressed. I think i kind of got a little depressed and i was like crying like most of the time. It wasn't until like yesterday that i like stopped crying. Just wanted to make sure that you know that i i chose something that would benefit me and it wouldn't cause like complications for my body. And there's just like so many factors that I need to like consider but for you, Shauna. Like, I'm so happy that this is like closure for you for sure. I just, for me, it doesn't feel like closure because yeah. breast implants is not a lifetime device. For me, I am worried about the, the potential risk, the potential complications. You know, now in the back of my mind, I have to think about, you know, potentially removing the right breast. The other thing actually from my fertility genetic testing, they found that I tested positive for factor V leaden, I think it's called, which increases the chance of clumps of blood clocks. And that's hereditary and um, that could either come from my father or mother, but that's something that they found out after I had my mastectomy surgery, which thank fucking God I didn't have complications. But now that's in the back of my mind as well that, you know, I have this like gene that no one knew about until I actually had the test. So, you know, that's another thing that I that I get worried about. But just to answer your question, (laughs) I think I feel more mentally prepared.
1: I I mean, I had to weigh all the same things of like, is this safe to put my body? Is this safe long term? And it's am I making the right choice. And like leading up to my surgery, like I'm ready for this. Let's do this type of mindset where normally I'm like thinking, I think right. steps mm-hmm. ahead. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, this could happen. This could happen. Um, and to mentally prepare myself for everything that could possibly ever go wrong. That's who I am as a person. I've been like this man. And in this situation, I'm not navigating life post cancer and just like me really being so conscious of keeping my stress levels down. It's like important for me to like, I'm really doing this in therapy of just trying to really like, listen, if and when the time comes, we'll cross that bridge. But for right now, I can't drive myself insane thinking of like, what if, you know, my dad got it really in my head, like, it's like oh you know like I had she kind of said to, my dad's very anxious and I had said to him like you know they they're gonna go in and they're gonna see like inside of um like you know the pockets like if there's anything that they see that biopsy it immediately like to kind of make him feel like a little bit better and like my dad like kind of like he got like really weird about it and then like started asking all these questions and I was just like not I don't think I was giving him this like concerned reaction that he was expecting could possibly be something like, and you don't seem concerned. And it's, it's not that it's just the stress levels that I'm trying to control in my body right now, kind of being in remission or, you know, never, having no evidence of disease. Like I don't want this to come back. So I always am just trying to like, especially now, and this is not like me. I'm that person that's just always freaking out about like, what if this, what if that? I mean, like there's complications to everything. Like I I had to kind of say that to yeah. my dad. As well. yep. like, I get into a car every day or you get into, you know, or like I walk on the streets in New York, I can get by a car at any moment. Like anything could possibly happen at any given second. I cannot sit here and obsess and like think of everything that could possibly happen. And I know like the best thing I can do is like be educated and be like, these are the the risks and like this is everything I can do to like hopefully prevent this from happening and stay on top of this and, and just like really kind of, kind of, I need to like, m- I think for myself just need to like move forward in a place where I just, I need to like, yeah. I think stress is what got me to this point and now I need to try to like dial it back. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this ice. Like, I had to say, I said to my therapist, "I'm like, this is not who I am as a person." So, like, for me, she's trying to get me, yeah. to be to like think, you know, think like a little bit. And I, and it, that's the thing. It's like, is it, is it me? I don't want to say it's, it's not a care. It doesn't come from like a careless place of like, I get like, oh, I'm like just like so pumped to get my implants that like I'm not even thinking of like anything else. But too, I think almost losing my expander to that infection that was so out of my control, and I just like that was such a stressor, and I think just like now that my hormones are kind of coming back because I'm off all the me- the hormone meds and things right now, like I just, I need to be like a little bit extra cautious about keeping those levels under control. So it's like this entire experience is just like, they're not like minor decisions. Every every little decision yeah. too is a big deal. Me decision.
0: worrying and me being, I don't know, psychotic, I would say with... <laughs> all this information and trying to be in control. Um, I didn't, I don't want to deter anyone from, you know, getting the reconstruction because it should be a happy moment, right? Like what we mentioned in the beginning, it's closure. You should be ecstatic. I think what really had me, um, concerned was just, do I have all the information that was given to me? My fear was being blindsided. I I didn't want that to happen. We um,
1: are gonna keep you guys posted on our you know, surgeries and um, or how we feel about our results and you know, navigating all of, like the the surgery, post surgery appointments and things like that.
0: Thank you all for listening and supporting our podcast. Sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us, and we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer.
1: Ladies, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and fellow breasties. Help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram at tyfts podcast and email us at tyftspodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so shoot us a message. We will link any resources from the episode in our show notes.